Today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by Chill Boys, the official underwear of the show. Dirt balls, summer is here. Keep your junk nice and fresh and soft in some comfortable underwear. I absolutely love the bamboo boxers. I gave a bunch to my brothers when I came home, and you will love them too. It's time to upgrade your undies, boys. Use discount code DIRTY20 at chillboys.com to save 20% on your first order. That's DIRTY20 to save 20% at chillboys, C-H-I-L-L boys.com. Take advantage of this great offer today. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to, welcome to the Journey Sports Podcast. Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host via Venice Beach, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? I am uh, I'm a little sad today. What's the matter? It's a uh, four-year anniversary of Harambe. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Brutally murdered. Now, I am honoring I, him. I, I know. I know. Uh, I know it's a tough day for you as a uh, person that never once saw Harambe at the zoo and hasn't been to the Cincinnati Zoo since you were like 11. Uh, actually, one over Christmas. Thank you very much. <laughs> And maybe, just maybe, I'll put this on the entire show. How about that? You know, Andy, this, uh, this wrongful death of Harambe, uh, it, it does lead in nicely <laughs> to something that I, I wanted to bring up. I, did, I, was, I wasn't planning on starting the show with it, but Harambe was just one of the many tragedies uh, in the last few years. You know, I've converted you to to be a lebron stan i've converted you on a lot of uh a sports takes over the years i i want to i want to revisit one that you you argued me hard on um and i hate to say i told you so but where are you on the america fucking sucks train these days i'm I'm not an america sucks train we i've never uh i've never been bashful about saying that we don't have a lot of problems but i also think a lot of countries have a lot of problems yeah, I know, but we were, you know, you and I, you and I went back and forth a long time. You're like, where would you rather be? And I, at this point, I'm like, man, the list keeps getting longer with, uh, you know, the government duffing uh, pandemic response, with the government telling us where we can and can't go out, what we have to wear if we do go out, which which of our jobs are allowed to be open and which aren't, people getting murdered in the streets, riots happening. Uh, I'm not like I feel like America is now uh, like Russell Wilsoning for me. Like number one, absolutely not. Top five, I could argue no. Well, again, I uh, 
I'm still content here. Again, we, we have a lot of problems, but I'm not, I'm not leaving anytime soon. I mean, you know, you, you go to different countries, they have other issues and I, I don't really want to fully get into this because this sounds like a Andy and Joe maybe off air conversation or maybe another podcast. Are, are, are you worried? Are you worried about talking about it on air because American companies like to censor deplatform and shadow ban people for speaking like we're communist China? Oh, you mean like YouTube? Yeah, or whatever, or any of them. Yeah, no, I or, have problems with that or, too, or, obviously. Or Twitter or fa Facebook came out now and is defending like Donald Trump, who's criticizing Twitter and Twitter's criticizing Donald Trump. It's like, it's a mess. America, no, I, is, America is off the rails. America is the Polar Express. It used to be a train. Now it's just going through some snow. There's no I, tracks involved. But I could argue, Joe, that it's always been that way. Like, you know, if you look back at history, if you look back at, at different times, you could argue the same thing in the 60s or the 70s or throughout history. We had prohibition in the early 20th century. It's like there are so many instances of hypocrisy, of ridiculousness. I'm not going to defend that. But again, I, I could argue, you know, I haven't maybe seen a lot of the world. I've visited some other countries. I haven't lived there, neither of you. Like, I think it's a lot different when you actually live somewhere. Um, right now, you know, I'm just nestled in the little suburbs of Anderson Township in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, I'm kind of in a little, my own little bubble, I'm not gonna lie. You're an isolationist. Well, it's funny you say that because I, I do think we have a lot of problems at home. And I've said this before on record, the irony of make America great again is, uh, I do think there, the actual focusing on improving America, I think is a great idea, but that wasn't actually the purpose of make America. You know what I'm saying? Like, like to me, make America I mean, great yeah, again. Obviously, obviously the slogan includes the word again, which is to say that we're not making progress, that we want to return to a place of greatness. Yeah. So, so, so I think we do need to focus on our own infrastructure. I, I wouldn't call myself an isolationist, but, uh, Obviously, we're seeing it right now firsthand, and it's nothing new with pro serious problems with uh, the police and serious problems with government. And, and you see it all the time. Um, but personally, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Uh, and, you know, as you know, I've been on apart apartments.com. I created a, a Google Doc for me and you to look at. I have not put in uh, Mexico or Sweden or Australia yet. Do they have apartments.com for those places? I don't know. But I got to say, you know, I hate to say like I'm turning you or I, or, or I hate to insinuate that I'm turning you. But the first time the idea of moving the dirty sports to Mexico came up, you were like, the cartels will behead us. We need to keep all the murderers and rapists out with a wall. And I was like, I never said that. And now you're like, now you're like, I don't know. Let's talk about making the cartel a sponsor of the dirty sports podcast well no i i still wouldn't feel safe in mexico personally uh but i what's been interesting i think with the pandemic that you and i i think are kind of exploring which i think hopefully a lot of people are throughout this whole situation i think 
it gives you time to really examine your life, right? Like, like, like that's my one piece of advice not to get all preachy to the dirt balls, but use this time to really examine what you want to do with your life, with your work, with your relationships. And I, I think like that's been a really positive thing for me throughout all this. And that includes, yeah, where's dirty sports? Where do you and I want to live? I mean, you know, I, I've had some really healthy conversations on the phone about it of what is the future? What's the future of stand-up for somebody like you whose career was really blossoming with stand-up? What's the future of the entertainment industry in Los Angeles? Like these are legitimate pragmatic discussions that for some reason I, I feel like nobody's really having. Well, I think a lot of people are really hopeful that shit's just going to snap back to where it was before. And, you know, I feel like everybody's on a sliding scale of conspiracy. This is bullshit. This isn't, you know, right. Everybody's like somewhere on the line. It's like, you know, everybody, no one's buying in a hundred percent except for, you know, like the crazy hard leftists who are like, stay home or you will die. Like, this is not a joke. And, and, and so I think everybody has like, there's no, there's not really any sort of coalition of people who are like, this is what's going to happen. I feel like everybody's just like in wait and see mode. And I'm one of those people because it really, you know, I've kind of gotten to the point with the pandemic, the same place that I've gotten with the country itself beforehand, which is like, look, there's literally nothing you can do. So you just got to wait and see and live your best life within whatever existence they kind of create for you, you know? And that's why I brought up the point of, you know, is this the best place to be? Because it, it seems like they're working harder and harder to create an existence that works for them and not for us. Like you, yeah. you look at the list of billionaires who have somehow like made money on the pandemic, and uh, it's it's kind of remarkable. Well, that's also capitalism, though. Like, like I'm not. Yeah, but not really, right? Like, like when when gigantic companies get like helped out by the U.S. government and you know saved economically by a handout, that's not capitalism. No, no, no. I agree, I hundred percent. That and that part of it. My point is you know, Amazon blossoming even more and Jeff Bezos now projected be, to be a trillionaire, that's different than bailing out the airlines. No, I trust me. I, yeah, I agree. That's not capitalism. Bailing out any sort of industry, especially an industry like the airline industry that nickels and dimes, all of us who fly, I, look, I, I, I do not support that. I, I mean, it's, the airline industry is fascinating to me. You know, so obviously I didn't fly back like I was supposed to last week, Prano, and they're, they're making such a big deal. I flew American. They're making such a big deal. We're not going to charge you for change of flight. In fact, we're going to keep whatever that flight's value is for a future flight. They're acting like this is such a novel, nice thing. And the funny thing is, literally, since they started, Southwest has done this from the start. Like, they don't charge you to move your flight. They don't they don't charge you if it's within the same fair price. So it's just wild to me that one company's always done this and they're acting like they're throwing you such a bone. And it's like, you should have done this from the start. 
Well, I mean, there's all, that's also a thing with Southwest is like, that's a, a selling point. And, and honestly, that's not as bad, but similarly as bad as like, guys, we're not going to charge you to change flights. We're not going to charge you to change your bags. This is what we're putting on our posters. It's like, there, there should be like a reasonable treatment of customers. It, it like, that's the equivalent of being a restaurant and being like, come to Southwest restaurants if your food's not right we'll remake it for you it's like this isn't this isn't an advertising slogan this is just being reasonable sure no exactly but that's my point is that you know you see all this and you see things that aren't in my opinion or shouldn't i should say be bailed out and we saw the same thing in 2008 with, with the whole crisis but uh but joe this isn't dirty economics this is dirty sports well you know, I know that's a, an easy transition into sports topics, but the reason I think it is totally reasonable for us to talk about all these things and, and every bit of this stuff is because as much as we have, and props to you uh, for creating a rundown twice a week for a sport, there is no sports. Yeah. And, and it's because of all this stuff. And, you know, you, you look at how – even that that's being handled and it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm sure that you were planning on transitioning into this baseball thing. I it's was. like now major league baseball, it, it's really not a matter of like illness or contamination or anything. Now they're like, now of course they're arguing over money and games and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, you're right. And I was going to transition into baseball and it has turned into an economic dispute between millionaires and billionaires for the most part the major league baseball released what they deemed i don't what would you call this the first set of a proposal to get the season going it was a not only prorated but also basically they cut the salaries of people who earn the most so the mike trouts of the world um would be losing the most in this where the guy who makes, you know, $506,000 a year wouldn't lose as much. So baseball, which is like, which is like somewhat reasonable if you think about it until you factor in that minor league baseball players who are professional baseball players that hold up the, the major league baseball system make nothing and are now, and now have had all of that removed entirely. Like yeah. minor, league, minor leagues are just getting screwed totally. So the idea of like, oh, we're going to take care of like the lower paid players. Now, you know, I also think that's just unreasonable because just the same way as we have taxes here in the U.S. and it's ridiculous, like have a flat rate for everybody. And honestly, if you look around baseball, like let let those big time players take care of their own. I think that's a great opportunity for them. And I think more of them will do it than you think. Like, I think more of the Mike Trouts of the world will be like, bro, I know you're not making as much money. Let, let's figure this out. But of course they've got to, they've always got to have a plan and the plan never fucking works. Well, look, the average, I'll just ask you this. What do you think? Let's see how close you are. Cause I, I have this number in front of me. What do you think the average career of a major league baseball player is? In years? Yes. Um, three it's, and the, a half. 
It's the highest of all of, of between baseball, basketball, and football. Three and a half. Uh, you're, you're off. It's a little more, which is nice. It's 5.6. Okay. So about five and a half years. So, like, look, this would be my response with it still being so low. Joe, if you're only going to play five and a half years, you want to get as much money as you can, right? For sure. So, like, someone like me is more prone to probably side with the players in this. I know you have to have some sort of compromise, but they were already prorated for their salary. My question to the owners would be, why do they also have to take a reduction in their already prorated salary? Because I mean, what's it, it, yeah, it's ludicrous. That's not even a player. That's not even a player owner like choice that you're making. You're not even saying I say, like. You're just saying pay them for the games that they're going to play. That's Correct. not even. That's not even being on the player's side, if you ask me. So, so with the owners, right, with that initial proposal, they're saying prorated and also uh, a reduction in salary. And now what's already out is the players are countering. That was going to be about 80 games. The players are countering that they want to do 100 games and basically a prorated salary. So you're right. Like at this point, I almost feel like the whole discussion of contamination and COVID it's kind of taking a back seat to the whole economics of the situation. Right. And which is total bullshit. And that, you know, we, it, I hate to say it, but it goes right back to the conversation we were having about, you know, billionaires screwing people over to make money off of this. Like think about it this way. If baseball comes back for a hundred games or 80 games after all of this time of no sports, you're going to get more, like there's going to be more interest in every sport than there was prior to this. Sure. Just like, without a doubt. So the idea that, you know, you're prorating it, you're already going to probably be making more in those hundred games or those 80 games than you would have in those 80 games otherwise. So you're already going to make money. Now you have to take more from the players. It's like truly using the pandemic to make extra money. Yeah. Or save money. And it's absurd. No, I agree. And I mean, the, the, the problem is, you know, who looks bad in all this, the players, like, like, and, and it's not even right. Like the problem is the, the public has been, in my opinion, duped all the time. Like this is another example where, I mean, dude, you, you see it, right? Have you seen the tweets or you go on social media? Oh, fucking God. There's people who, you know, can't people who have are on unemployment and this this guy like Mike Trout can't go from making nineteen million to seven million. It's like, no, he shouldn't take a reduced salary in my opinion. Like like we need to just come to a reasonable compromise and the prorated salary is the reasonable compromise. And it's the same thing as I've been talking about with comedy clubs. It's like the owners have been screwing over the talent for too long. So sometimes shit happens global pandemics happen natural disasters happen you don't get to change the way you guys pay us because something happened no you can only fill half of your room you can only play half of your games that doesn't change what we're supposed to be making you've been screwing us over too long like this is just you having one year where you have to like not like basically take full advantage of people yeah it's ridiculous. 
It's like there are comedy clubs opening now that are at 35% capacity. Here's a spoiler. If you can open your club and it run with only 35% capacity, that means when you're at 100%, you're stealing money from the comedians. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And obviously, I, I look, here's my thing. I think they're going to come to a compromise. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine if ultimately they didn't play because of... No, they, but they will. They, that's why it looks bad for the players, too, is like they will come to a compromise. But now we're, again, we're not talking about Max Scherzer saying, I don't want to play for this much money because I'm worried I'm going to get sick. He's just saying this is financially unreasonable. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we all want baseball back. We're all desperate for sports. So everybody's pissed off at everybody who's slowing it down. But meanwhile, the thing is just like, it's so obvious. Honestly, to me, even as if I were an owner, and I know you can always say it when it's not your money, but like these guys have just been sitting there not doing anything. Like if I wanted a team – if I wanted my team to win, I wanted my team to want to compete for the, the name that's on their jersey, I'd be like, you guys are going to get more than your prorated salaries. Like, you've, you've been training this whole time. The, the idea that you're, you're, you're still baseball players, you're still in my organization, why wouldn't I pay you? Yeah, and look, I understand that there's going to be no fans and that will cause a, a significant financial hit. A 15%. But – Again, the TV contracts are worth billions of dollars. So right. that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, you know, the numbers has been – I know football was the lowest, I think, at like 15 – that's like where 15% of their money comes from is the people actually showing up. But, like, that's not going to 50% in baseball. You know, again, when – not having fans means also not having employees there. True. And also, like, there's a lot of things. that means not having people cleaning the bathrooms, serving the beer, like – yeah, you're going to lose some money in the, the sale, the ticket sales and in the sales of all that stuff. But you don't need a ticket department. You don't need whatever. Now, that sucks for those people, and I'm not sure how they handle all that. Like I know, you know guys like Mark Cuban, great example of a good owner, has like gone out of his way to pay people. It's just like a reasonable thing to do when you're a billionaire. I was just going to say, and, and, and that's, that's kind of what it boils down to. I, I had this discussion last night. Me and a couple of buddies got wings, and it was a whole debate about baseball. And it's really tough for me when these people are billionaires, when they have so much money. And, and the truth is a lot of them are old. Like, dude, you don't take it with you to your grave. Like, at the end of the day, you're a 60, 70, 80-year-old white dude with money. Why do you care? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying give it away. I'm not saying like, oh – you know, just, but just be reasonable. And you know, meanwhile, the thing is, is that they, they often do give it away and they, they give it away in a, in a way where they can seem like a good person and like, Oh, they donated a library. Oh, they put up this building. Oh, they, whatever. And that's their legacy. And it, and it's like, if you're an owner of a sports team and everybody desperately needs sports back in this time, your legacy is going to be helped tenfold by you having a Mark Cuban approach to things than putting up, you know, a, a library in your city. So 
baseball, you alluded to it earlier. This would be so good for the sport, especially if it was the first one to come back, right? Because it would get all these new fans, right, Prano? And it would bring in a lot of people. The ratings would be through the roof. I saw a tweet yesterday, and I, I was looking for the article, so I don't know where this tweet came from. But to me, this, this is a fascinating stat, and I don't know if you saw this on the rundown about baseball. According to this tweet, again, I, I Googled it and couldn't find it. A New York Times poll said only 43% of Americans – God, I got Haramba hair in my mouth – only – 43% of Americans know who Mike Trout is. It's shameful. So the best player in baseball, basically LeBron James of the sport, the Tom Brady of the sport, whatever you want to say, only 43% know Mike Trout. Again, I Googled it and I couldn't find the article from the New York Times or whatever. And who knows? Maybe this is completely made up. Probably not. But to me, that actually sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Like, it sounds – not reasonable. It's disgusting, but I'm saying it sounds like a stat that would make sense. I mean, sadly, it does make sense for a lot of reasons. Baseball in general being mismanaged uh, to not be nearly as popular as it once was. Um, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim being mismanaged and not taking advantage of the fact that they have the best baseball player in the world and potentially ever. Certainly uh, on pace to be one of the all-timers. Um, you know, that, that's the thing is Mike Trout isn't Nolan Arenado. He's not Josh Hamilton. He's not playing in one of these places that, you know, is like under the radar. Like, yeah, I understand that the Dodgers are the L.A.'s team, but L.A. is a gigantic market. and Anaheim and Disney and everything that's down there, it's like the idea that you're not taking advantage of this guy who's a pretty good guy. Like, and by pretty good guy, I mean, he's a great guy, but like he, he's got a pretty good personality. It's not like he's hella boring. Yeah. Like he's a decent, you know, he's got a, a decent amount of charisma. Like, it, I mean, again, it's shameful and also it goes back to it goes back to the same thing that we talked about you know with jordan and the last dance it's like you can totally change everybody even in a sport even the fans of a sport who do know mike trout you change their perception of them by how you're marketed i mean mike trout might go down as one you know having the most war of all time and being like a top five baseball player in history Right now, I would bet that he would get less Hall of Fame votes than Derek Jeter. Why? Because he was in New York and he's hoisted up and not that charismatic and not that fucking good. So you bring up a good point as far as the marketing and who they're pushing. Let's look at baseball right now. The irony is you could do Be Like Mike commercials with Mike Trout, right? You could go back to that if, if you ever want to do a, a remake of the Jordan commercials with Trout. But who would you say baseball has been pushing the last few years? Bryce Harper, Aaron Bryce Harper. Judge? Yeah, I would say Harper, Judge. I would say, uh, you know, like, I don't think it'll be happening much longer, but I think the uh, a couple of the Astros in Bregman and Altuve were getting pushed really hard. Um, Chris Bryant, 
you but, know? Like, but my point is, like, let's take, let's take, let's just start with Judge and Harper because they're also outfielders. How much better is, like, Trout's numbers take a hot dump on, like, my point is, I just don't get why baseball would not market a guy who, like you said, is on to, on a historic all-time pace. Because, because he's a low-key kind of guy. And, and, and honestly, Aaron Judge is a low-key kind of guy too, but he's in New York, so he gets that. Bryce Harper is the opposite. Bryce Harper was, you know, uh, deemed the great one while he was still in high school. And then he's got the hair and he's got the attitude and whatever. And people jump on that. And, and meanwhile, it's, the, it's like Judge had some injuries last year and, ha- and obviously is just a couple of years into a great career. But uh, the comparison of Mike Trout to Bryce Harper is laughable. Yeah. No, it really is. And he's not close. And again, just completely mishandled. Like, I, I just don't get it. And, and to, to, to me, the, the marketing or lack of, of Mike Trout, that, that's a microcosm of baseball's failure to reach new fans, to reach new audiences as a whole. And, and baseball does a terrible job of marketing its game as is. Like, for everybody, for, ev- for the people that they do choose to market, they do a terrible job. When's the last time you saw a commercial – that like prominently featured a base, like a memorable baseball commercial. Basketball has them, football has them. Like, what's the standout baseball commercial? I, I mean, I go back to like fucking Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin with like chicks dig the long ball, like Ken Griffey Jr. hitting the ball around the world. Like, when's the last time Nike or Rawlings or anybody put out like a like a well done, like funny thoughtful baseball commercial probably a jeter, than, uh, probably a jeter commercial like when he was leaving yeah other than just like the like i feel like baseball markets are guys like they're like shitty local guys like hi i'm fucking chris bryant come down to wrigley ford and you're like <laughs> like <laughs> willie mays hayes like sliding in with the american express card you're like yeah. dude, 40 years ago yeah no i i, I know it's it's Man, they literally had a moment, right? Like, there is silver linings, like we said, through this pandemic. Like, this is the moment to seize the day, baseball. And, and it seems like they're dropping uh, the ball, for a lack of a better term. I have to also mention that uh, you're talking L.A. and we're talking the Angels. The Dodgers, I mean, this is classic. You see all these different stadiums are like, like Miami Stadium, football stadium, Hard Rock. They're going to do drive-in movie theaters. They're going to – the ballpark in New York, Yankee Stadium, the parking lot's going to be a drive-in movie theater. Meanwhile, Dodger Stadium, they're turning into a COVID testing site. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, I mean, the, the, I don't even know if I want to get started because there's this whole other thing with, like, COVID testing and how, how, the, how each one's being handled – how they're all being done by different organizations, how long it takes you to get back your results. The fact that people are lining up to go get tested when you don't have any symptoms. And, and honestly, I'm almost starting to feel like these things hurt more than they help because then the idiots of the world, the Clay Travis types are out there like numbers are going down. It's like, yeah, 
the percentage of people that are getting tested is going and come up with coronavirus is going down? Yeah, because now people who have no reason to believe they have coronavirus are getting tested. Do you know what the chances are of, you know what the percentage of people who have AIDS is? If I just go and ask my doctor, hey, can I get an AIDS test? He's like, maybe H maybe you'll start with HIV. No, I think I have full-blown AIDS. What makes you th think that? I don't know. It's been in the news. It's like, it's so ridiculous. And honestly, the idea that we're going to take a baseball stadium and be like, hey, 60,000 people a day can drive through and get tested. It's like, I honestly think in a way it'll hurt more than it'll help. I think the, the city of Los Angeles using Dodger Stadium as a testing site, like to me, that's also a microcosm of what's happening right now in LA County. Wouldn't you agree? Like the numbers really aren't that bad. They're really not. If you take LA County, 10, 10 million documented people. Yeah. Like, like that's from an old census too. Uh, yeah, it's just I don't know, man. It's but everybody's everybody's looking for a way to justify their actions. And you know, I've seen a lot of people and I agree with those people that are like, "Hey, this was about not overwhelming the hospitals and flattening the curve." And it's like, "Yeah, it is." And and the thing is is just stick with that and say we're you know, we have to continue to do that for X amount of times because the, the, the people who know what they're talking about say if we don't, that, that we're going to get a second wave or that whatever, or, that, or the chances of overrunning a hospital is still a possibility. But stop changing this into, oh, everybody's going to die. We need a vaccine. Every single person in LA, get in your car and go to Dodger Stadium and find out if you have it. It's like, why? I feel fine. What, well, and, and, and that's the thing. And, and obviously we, we talked about your manager got tested. Um, and she told me her results, you know, she did one of the drive up tests that we're talking about that they're going to do at Dodger stadium. Her results took 11 days. Right. So unless you're going to stay home for those 11 days, what did you accomplish? Nothing. And surprise, surprise, no symptoms whatsoever. Didn't have it. Like no kidding. Yeah. It's like, and, and, and also, what are you trying to prove if you go and you do it, you did have it and it's over now? Because there's, there's no consistent opinion on, oh, well, now you're good to go. Well, now they're saying, have you seen this? Now they're saying even the antibody test might be complete bullshit anyway. Right, exactly. So... Uh, Dude, I've never seen something where no one knows what they're like. I don't, I don't know what to believe, Prano, ever. Whether it's doctors, politicians, businesses, like I have no clue at this point. Like you said, it, you really have to do a wait and see. I, I just, but, but, you know, you know, I know you had on the rundown like, would we go to Vegas or whatever? Like, I go back to the same thing that I've been saying the whole time. I am not concerned. I'm. I have less than 1% concern of getting the virus myself. And if I did, what happens? That, that's the thing is like, I can be for everybody having a reasonable approach to trying to harness this and trying to make sure that hospitals aren't overwhelmed and essential workers aren't you know, running 12 hour shifts and, and not to let what happened in New York happen all over the country, not to let what happened in Italy, which is obviously uh, a way older country, happen here. 
but the idea that you know people are like acting like they're gonna get it and then that's gonna be it like the world's gonna end it's like i'm not concerned about that at all well you just brought it up and i do have it on the rundown because las vegas is opening up next week if i said because i have a big curiosity thing and especially to see a town that literally functions with zero social distancing the entire economy of you can maybe even say nevada not just las vegas right gambling nightclubs pool nightclubs pool day clubs whatever you want to call them concerts live entertainment there's zero social distancing in las vegas i'm curious to see what it's like in a couple months like would you go like i want to hop in my car and say what's vegas like in august like would you feel safe yeah i would feel totally safe but again it's really not a matter of whether or not i feel safe it's a matter of what the numbers are showing in terms of like like when you look at the fucking lake of the ozarks or arizona last week or whatever like how that affects people after the fact i'm not saying that everybody that's going to be in a casino is going to get coronavirus but if you know if they're if one dealer comes down for it how fast does that spread and again i'm one person who lives by myself who's in relatively good health who's you know relatively young I, I don't even go to the supermarket as much as you do. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't have grandparents left. I'm, you know, my mom's in New York. My, my young nieces and nephews are in New York. Like, I'm not going anywhere that's really going to put somebody in danger if I go to Vegas and I get it from a dealer. Like, sure. but, the, the, but the problem is, is not everybody is a 40-year-old dude living basically in solitary confinement in a 285 square foot studio apartment. There are a lot of people who go out and do shit all day. And it's whether or not those people who are like, Hey, I'm a server at Applebee's and we just reopened the Applebee's in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I'm back to work. I'm going to go to Vegas this weekend and then pollute the entirety of people who come in for a two for 20. Yeah. No, I, I, I gotcha. It's, it's just, uh, and I feel the same way. I'm in your boat. Like I consider myself a pretty good isolationist, especially since all this has happened um, about not going anywhere. But I would, I will say, man, that new Raider stadium. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Looks dope, man. I was, don't forget, I was trying to push on fuck Charger season tickets. We should have Raider season tickets. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on the, uh, we should go to a, a Raiders game this year. Yeah. I, 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 I just keep – I don't know. I keep getting the – like the feeling that we're going to have fans at football games. I just, I just keep feeling like NFL is not going to mess around and they're going to do that. Yeah, it'll be interesting because it'll be interesting to see how they – if they limit it, if they – like let's say you limit your fans. What do you do? Like – Oh, you're a season ticket holder. You get you get weeks. You get half the weeks, and some other season ticket holder gets half the weeks. It's like yeah. And then also, it'll be interesting to see how uh, any sort of reduced or lack of fan experience. I think obviously a, a home field advantage is most prevalent in football, uh, and then probably playoff basketball. And then, you know, the baseballs of the sure. world 
probably probably the least uh, helpful. So you know, a lot of factors. Yeah. Well, Joe, how does the thought of a nice cold Miller Lite while watching a football game sound to you? Honestly, I know we were talking about uh, the popularity before, but that is the 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 very first thing people were asking, like what. What, what would you do, you know, if everything's better? I just want to go to a baseball game in the sun and drink a Miller Lite. Like, yeah. truly, truly, that's my number one thing. I asked my brother, he's like, I want to go out to, you know, a restaurant. Somebody said, I, want to, I just want to go to a baseball game and drink a Miller Lite and get, and get a suntan. It's, it's really the simple things, right? Like you said, a very simple thing. You're basking in the sun. You're drinking the original light beer. And you're watching America's pastime. I can, I honestly can, I can fully picture it in my head. Like I can close my eyes and be ten rows back at Dodger Stadium, first base side, that that you know chiseled frame of Pete Alonso, manning the first first base for the chiseled that chiseled frame, manning first base for the visiting Mets. Me looking at my my adult grown son. Drinking a Miller Lite, the two-time defending Cy Young champion Jacob Degrom towing the rubber, and I'm sitting there with the greatest American Pilsner that's ever been brewed. That's right, guys. Miller Lite, like Joe's saying, the original light beer. While you're home, enjoy a classic. Available for delivery today. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ninety-six calories and three point two carbs. Per 12 ounces I uh, I did get an email from the Chargers yesterday in case in case I'll put out the bad signal to you and, and tug this is pretty funny and, and a little misleading you know I'm not I don't want to be here knocking the Chargers but uh, I'm gonna knock them for a second a little misleading I'm gonna what pull it out because the subject of the email says Andy, free Chargers swag. So I'm thinking, cool, I get free swag because I'm a season ticket holder. Right. Not so fast. Hey, you're one of the – it says you're one of the first like, – It actually said free Chargers swab. You can come down to the new Chargers stadium and get a free COVID swab. <laughs> we'll touch the back of your brain with a Q-tip. It says, uh, congrats on being one of the first people in L.A. to lock your seats for the, new for the new Chargers tickets at SoFi Stadium. Since you've already committed, we want to give you one last opportunity to add seats with your friends. If you refer any of your friends to sign up for season tickets, you get access to free Chargers swag. It's like, guys, Chargers, let's just, let's just keep it real here for a minute. Yeah, charges. Let, let me tell you how this works. I would rather buy Andy Ruther a free Chargers T-shirt to keep him from telling, to keep him from pitching me on your pyramid scheme. Well, it's also like I am one of the few, probably thirty thousand, who have season tickets. How about you just? You were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Just say, hey, you got these tickets back in December. How about a free Tyrod Taylor jersey, guy? Can I just get a Chargers hat or something? Give me a Chargers hoodie. Come on, guys. It's unbelievable. They, they, they want you or Tug or whoever to drop season tickets. Kind of misleading, I'm just going to say. Absolutely. 
so NFL news, Jadavian Clowney was offered a contract from the Browns. He turned it down. Good for him. I mean, are, are we still at this state with the Browns? Because the Browns, again, on paper, have a lot of good players. But no, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Jadavian Clowney's thought process is, but let's take the Browns organization out of it. Cleveland, dog. Jadavian Clowney's lived in Houston, Texas, Seattle, Washington, South Carolina. Now he's got to go to Cleveland? Cleveland? I don't know though, man. Like I, I, I mean, it just doesn't mean he's just living there. He's playing. He's working. It's not like he's yeah. there full time. Yeah, but there's you know there's a lot of factors in, you know who knows who's talking. Like you can take a reduced salary, play for a team in a state with a different tax scheme. Uh, but but I, I'm assuming, and I, I think the fact that it's the Browns is probably gives you a little bit of an idea that this is a possibility you like I've talked about before. It's like taking less of a contract to get more of them is that like if he goes to Cleveland and Cleveland isn't good and Jadavian Clowney doesn't play that well there, how quickly could his career be over? You think? Well, I mean, he's not getting – there's clearly not a ton of people that are like excited to sign Jadavian Clowney. I know he wants X amount of dollars, but I'm just saying now, if he goes to a team that suits him a little bit better, that might win. He helps them win. Suddenly people see his value. Maybe he takes a little less now and gets a little more with an, with a second deal or with his whatever. I, I find his situation pretty interesting, Prano, because he's received offers from a lot of teams, including the Seahawks, who he obviously played for last year. And it's like, I just don't know what the market is. Obviously, he's, he's a disruptor. Like, like, he didn't put up the numbers. He didn't play all the games last year for the Seahawks. You know what I'm saying? He's not putting up the huge sack numbers. But obviously, he's a huge cog that'll really disrupt, you know, the O-line of another team. But where, where do we put Jadavian Clowney at this point in his career? Like, he was a number one overall pick. I is mean, he a, I, is he a bust? I, I wouldn't say he's a bust, uh, but I would say that he, he, he certainly hasn't lived up to the hype that he came out of college with being the number one pick. And, I mean, just even the, the college highlight tape and the blowing up the Michigan guy in the backfield and all that stuff. But at the same time, you know, when people are keen, like, I agree with you, sometimes it's about being a disruptor. But that's my point is, I don't know what Jadavian Clowney's thinking. But if, he, if he's going like, yeah, I have one more contract, one more real contract, one more like, this is where I'm going to be for a while. And the next one after that is going to be, you know, a year here, a year there. Maybe he wants to sign with a team that's going to win. Yeah. Well, stay with the Seahawks, man. They won 11 games last year. Like, I'm just saying, it's not, it's not like it's a crappy team. I'm, but again, if, if, you're, if you don't think that they're paying you what you're worth and you don't think that they're 
the best team in the division. Like, do you go somewhere, you know, do we think Jadavian Clowney would take the money that the Cowboy or sorry, that the Seahawks offered him and play with the Niners? You know, and play with the I don't know, the Chiefs. Well, I mean, obviously they won the Super Bowl last year and they're probably like, favorites to win again this year. I, I don't know. Look, here's here's my point. I don't know what his priority is right now. Obviously, money is a big part of it. But living in Cleveland, playing for the Cleveland Browns organization, and whether or not they're offering him enough money, like, sounds like that's the worst thing if your priority is where you're playing, which team you're playing for, and how much you're playing for them. Are you, are you taking a dig at that Cleveland quality of life? Yes. By the way, I love that you quote tweeted Gold Star Chili tweeting at me. A rare Joe Prano dirty sports tweet yesterday. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I see it happening. I see. First of all, I see. I mean, what, what's the DM exchanges that are happening with Gold Star? Is, oh, there, is there a negotiation in the works? Well, it's funny you ask. Gold Star, the latest exchange is Gold Star has asked me for my uh, address. They want to send me some stuff. And you're giving them your address in Cincinnati. Correct. Yeah. And I have also told Gold Star I'd love to maybe film a video. And now where does this leave you on the Gold Star skyline debate? I've been on record saying I'm Team Gold Star. Oh, really? Yeah, I have. Because, because remember, Gold Star – Skyline's probably the more popular one, but Gold Star is the meteor chili. So I've been on record on Dirty Sports saying I prefer Gold Star because it's, it's – Skyline's very runny. <laughs> And the gold star is that thicker chili, which I like. Uh, but I mean, people take wild stances in Cincinnati. This is like a, this is like a, Cincinnati handles gold star versus skyline chili as sports fans handle LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Gold star people are like, I, I got gold star, but you know, like skyline's pretty good. And skyline people are like, I've got skyline. Then I've got magic. I've got bird. I've got bill Russell. I've got Tim Duncan. I've got Dirk Nowitzki. I've got Steve Nash. I've got Kobe. And then I've got, I've got gold star. I mean, my dad the other day said he like gave me a disgusted look and he got worked up about, cause he's team skyline. Right. And then so is, so is my brother, uh, Greg, who I will never forget. In college, said this quote to me: "If I had an, if I had unlimited amount of money and it wasn't an issue, the first thing I'd do with it was buy every gold star in Cincinnati and blow it up." Wow, what what did gold star do to him? I don't know. I mean, he is like a ride or die team skyline. But but here's the irony. So I, I feel like I feel like your dad and your brother. Like what what happened in Greg's childhood? with him and Walt out on a Saturday for a daddy Sunday at a gold star. Something went down, man. Follow, you know, follow the trail here. Yeah. And I'm not sure which team has which brand. Cause I know both the Reds and the Bengals have a chili, <laughs> a chili sponsorship and chili at their games. Right. So I, I think skyline might be Reds. I could be wrong. And I think gold star might be Bengals. I mean, this is like, you're drawing a line, dude. Cincinnati people uh, 
take some real, real hard stances on this. And, well, you and, know, I, 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 the reason I quote tweeted it is because I see it happening. I see it in your face every time I talk to you. I hear it in your voice. Like you're enjoying the quality of life there. And now you're getting like local brands talking about sponsoring you and, you know, supporting you. Like suddenly, you know, you're a Sam's club guy. No, no, I, by the way, I, I'm not doing that. I, I, yeah, I just go with my old man because he has a membership there. But Sam's Club, and he gets defensive when I say this, but I'll just, I'll just say it to everybody who doesn't know. Sam's Club is like a poor man's Costco. And, and, and do, do you know the – are you familiar? By the, way, by the way, like Costco is the definition – Costco was invented because a poor man's needed a place. <laughs> no, do you know the – are you familiar with the political divide on Sam's Club and Costco for real, right now? No. So, like, all the left-leaning people love Costco because they pay their workers more. They have better benefits. Costco has done a mandatory you have to wear a mask to shop there. Right. Did you see that one video of the one guy? Sam's Club plays their employees last. More freedom of no masks. They're they're murdering black people in the aisles. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but, uh, yeah, like, the – Put it this way, the Sam's Club that I go to is in kind of like a white trash area in Cincinnati. And yeah. Now, like, now I hate to cut it, but what is a BJ's? Isn't that the same kind of thing? What's BJ's? I don't know. I thought that was like a also, maybe I'm completely wrong. I stay out of all big, big box stores. You don't like the wholesalers. I hate them. I hate, I hate anything where masses of people get together and shop. Ikea's. I really, I really like... I've come to accept Home Depot a little bit more because at least the ceilings are so goddamn tall and it's, it's not normally over. I won't go to a Home Depot on the weekend. I refuse. But I, I try not to go to a, a Costco or an Ikea ever. Ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, th- there is a divide. I was in Sam's Club last week and there was like a woman wearing a shirt, a giant pink shirt, it said women for Trump. And I was like, I'm back in Ohio. I'm back in Ohio. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring it up, but like, we, you know, we've talked on this show, neither of us are Republicans or Democrats. I would say you're more of a Republican than anybody on the show, but. Uh, oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. But I, I mean, neither, neither of us have any party allegiance. I think we've both been outspoken about being non-party guys. I think, you know, we've both been pretty outspoken about that's what's wrong with politics. But I do get more and more triggered these days. I just think Donald Trump, like, I, I, I still, gun to my head, go back to 2016, I would still vote, if you made me vote for him, I'd still vote for Donald Trump over uh, Hillary. And I still stand by the fact that, as I tweeted the other day, I think Donald Trump is good in that, we need to bottom out, and I think he's doing that. But at, what's amazing to me at this point politically is, like, embrace that portion of it. Embrace that we are the Sixers of seven years ago. Trust the process. Bottom out. Get a number one pick. Break it down and start it over. But there are people who are doing, like, who are, like, Sam Hinkie's doing a great job. I actually like the roster he's putting. Like, people who defend 
what Donald, it's like, I've never seen a sickness like defending Donald Trump. Oh, it's just as bad on the left, Joe. It's, but, just, it's just as bad, the defense of every other. But the defense of who? Oh, you see it. The people who defend Hillary to death. Or even, even you already seen it now with Joe Biden, dude. Like, people are just, you know, I mean, we've seen the hypocrisy with the whole Tara Reid thing versus, like, a Kavanaugh, just how they. I, I guess the difference is, is that, like, at least the left is going, like, it's better than Trump. You know, that stupid, like, lesser two evils thing. But, like, the, the like, I, I always do it on Twitter. If you go under the tweets that have Biden on, you know, uh, what was the show he was on uh, the other day? Where oh, Charlemagne. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the horrific, dumbass racial comment. You like, ain't black. You ain't black. You go under that. You don't see anybody who's writing these, like, long things about how he's a hundred percent right it's like it's ludicrous it's ludicrous that you go under these things and like that you go under a black guy getting like strangled to death for 10 minutes and people being like well what was he doing it's like what are you talking about yeah no i i i see your point there i am looking forward to the the debates by the way i'm i won't pay i won't Dude, dude Biden is so – he's just not with it. Like, I believe that. I've not seen sure. enough interviews. Neither of them are with it. I know, but he's going to, like, forget where he's at mid-debate response. It's, like, it's so ludicrous. I have now – even more so than I have been in the past. I'm just like – Oh, dude, what was your initial tweet about the two rapists? Yeah. Which, Didn't you have one? Yeah, like, which rapist are, – are you, are you voting for a rapist? With the red tie or a rapist for the with the blue tie, <laughs> dude. You you have to admit, uh, and I know the PC and the the very just like include everybody movement would hate this. They've tried so hard and pandered so hard, and here we are, two white dudes in their seventies. It's kind of funny, like. Funny in a like a just sad, pathetic. You know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Like the system is just. It doesn't matter. Uh, but that's where we're at. But that's um, but, but you know that is where we're at, and that's why I go back to you know to circle all the way back around to the beginning. It's like I I've accepted, you know, just be like try to create the life that you want to live within you know all this nonsense. Not having sports really makes that harder for me. Yeah. At least that's a distraction. But you, you get to the point there where, you know, people are sharing with us Australian rugby clips and whatever, trying being like, yo, this is happening. I, I lean more and more toward like, man, I could watch baseball from Australia. Yeah. I could watch baseball from Mexico. Well, look, hockey, obviously, they put out a plan – 24 teams, a 24-team playoff. They don't have set dates yet. You'd watch hockey. I'd watch hockey, right? I mean, I'd wa- for sure I'd watch it. I, don't, I still don't think, you know, it would just be like, it would be a novelty. It would be like, oh, I'm watching hockey because nothing's on. So they're trying to do two hub cities as well, which I don't really fully understand. They have like 10 cities to choose from. And they're going to do two hub cities, 
one for the Eastern Conference, one for the Western Conference. And it looks like they're going to have a season or finish it through the playoffs, but they didn't give any dates. I, dude, is it just me or does no one know what the hell they're doing? But also, I, I've said this before on, on our show, I think a lot of these leagues – are just like leak their plans as like a way to stay relevant and a way for people to start talking about it. It's like, how long have we been hearing that baseball is going to play in these satellite cities? How long have we been hearing that the NBA is just going to run a postseason? It's like, I understand that it's, you know, the, that everything that's going on with, COVID is very up in the air, but you would think that basketball or baseball or, or any of them would say, here's the deal. Here's what's happening. It's happening August one. That's it. Unless something changes, it's happening August one. You know what I mean? Like everybody's trying to go like, Oh, it's going to be June one. It's going to be July one. It's going to be, it's like, they just keep pushing back what the plan is and what the date is. And no one ever does anything. Yeah. And, and then you have these these players, you know, you have Dame Lillard on record going like, oh, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. It's like then the articles become players' reaction to hypothetical seasons that are by no means scheduled. Sure. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I, I think it, it's almost like a catch string theory, right? They're, leak, they're dropping a little nugget for us. They're holding it in front of us like, hey – we're going to do it. And I also think that these sports team, these sports leagues are so mismanaged that they're, they're, they're polling the fans to see their reaction. It's like, we just want fucking sports back. Yeah. Who cares? What we, who cares what we think? Say that every major league baseball team is going to wear, is going to play the season and it's all going to take place in Birmingham, Alabama. And all the teams have to wear size 40 shoes and red noses, and it's going to be a clown baseball league. We're like, cool, we're in. Just fucking start already. Yeah. Well, did you see what Phil Mickelson said about wanting to do the match every year? Yeah. So the ratings are in, and this is crazy. It got 5.8 million viewers, which made it the most watched golf telecast in cable history that's crazy it's crazy but put that a little bit in perspective that's just cable true the majority of the the majority of the majors air on a, a network uh you know or you've got the you've got oftentimes opening rounds of majors will play on espn or the golf channel but it's like no you're right but, but at the same time, it's like, cool. I mean, I, I saw Mickelson saying, oh, we should have Steph Curry. We should have Romo. We should have Matt Jordan. Holmes. Michael yeah, Jordan. whatever. It's like, cool. Why not? But, but I liked his. And then he even tossed in a Larry David or a Bill Murray. Like, I'd like to watch that. Which, by the way, what you should watch then is the uh, that Tahoe Celebrity Golf Tournament I go to every year where – Romo plays and Steph Curry plays and Timberlake plays. And like, that's what it is. I mean, there are celebrity golf tournaments, you know what I mean? Sure. But I, but I think the, just having, you know, 
two on two like that. Well, I'd say screw this then. I'd say get Tiger out of there. Get Phil out of there. I'd watch Larry David and Michael Jordan go against Patrick Mahomes and Bill Murray. Yeah, the problem with that is then the why not watch them play horseshoes? Yeah, good point. Because the golf isn't that quality. You know? I'd watch that too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to write my own sitcom, Living with My 78-year-old dad, 76-Year-Old Dad. I mean – that's, that's a whole other thing. Like, I, I, I'd watch you and Walt play, uh, you know, your two brothers in golf. Did you hear him? Uh, did, I ever tell, did I ever tell the dirt balls how, you know, we lost electricity for almost two full days. So we had a generator, which was powering a couple lights in the house and then mainly the refrigerator, right? The generator runs out of gasoline at like midnight, Sunday. My dad's already asleep. I'm not going to wake him up. I take a flashlight out there. I fill it up with gas. I figure out how to get it started. He ends up yelling at me because it's his house and he needs to do those things. Wow. Big control issues with, with Walt. Big control issues with the Ruther family. Oh, that's what I was going to say. That's where I get it from. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, like his token phrase is my house, my rules. <laughs> But he did let me plant the garden. Like he let, okay. me, he let me plant every single plant but one. So he'll let you do womanly work. He'll let me do yard work. Yeah, that's true. He'll let me do yard work. He'll let you clean the kitchen. He'll let me clean. He'll <laughs> let me dust. But like, he just, I don't know. He just won't let you mow the lawn or do the generator or do any. <laughs> so... He wants to teach me, he has two cars, he has an old Honda Accord, and then he's got his newer uh, Acura RDX, which he never wants me to drive because he puts miles on it. I'm like, Dad, the car, literally, you put 5,000 miles on it in a year. He wants to teach me how to drive a stick, and I'm like, I'm 38, like, I, we were past this. And Cincinnati's nothing but hills. I mean, this, this is Look, its own episode of Living with Walt. It, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, the, uh, you know, the only doing womanly things around the house, uh, it kind of, I think the first step for your dad, if you want to take on manly responsibilities, you have to be able to drive a stick shift. I mean, I got to say, I'm full disappointing, Andy. You don't well, have Joe, to I, I blame him. He never, he's my father. He never showed me. Where, where did you learn how to drive a stick? I, I learned how to drive it in my friend's car. We just drove around a loop and, uh, you know, in high school. Okay, well, I don't, I don't, the only, okay, actually, Cutter did. Cutter had a stick. He's the only one I know who had a stick. And now all the cars are started by a push start button. So right. I feel like I've missed that window. And he should just let me drive his SUV and stop being such a control freak and thinking I'm going to. Just but, but, but which of his cars are stick? He has a, like a 2004 Honda Accord. Got it. Which is basically what he drives. Yeah. Like so, so he has two cars, one of them stick and one of them he doesn't want you to drive. So you're, you, you're sort of at Walt's, like you, you really don't have movement ability. Well, no, I've, I've driven his, his Acura, his newer car. I've driven it a bunch, but then he always whines and complains. So he wants to teach you to drive stick so he can put you in the Accord. Exactly. 
that's that's his move. I, I got to say, everything I know about Andy Ruther and the fact that you're 38, I like, I, I don't really even feel safe with you out on the road learning to drive stick at this point. Yeah, right? Like, like my buddy was laughing last night when we went to get wings. He's like, dude, there's nothing but hills in this town. Like, I, I, I don't know. How, he said the same thing. I don't know how I feel about you using a stick. And then Walt, Walt was like, isn't a dirt ball work for enterprise? I'm like, dad, I'm not spending money to rent a car while I'm home. He's ridiculous. He's the most ridiculous guy ever. And the reason I, I I mean the thing is once you once you have once you once you can drive stick, like a hill doesn't matter, but learning there is gonna be difficult. I mean a pain, right? Yeah. I mean also just for you at 38 and everything I know about you like learning new things. What's that supposed to mean? I'm just saying I I I, I yeah. I certainly wouldn't want to take on the burden of teaching you to drive stick. Well, again, I, it, it's an antiquated form. Like, what, like, why are we even doing this at this point? Yeah, I mean, there, there are benefits. Like, I, I do love driving stick um, when, I, when I have the option, especially, like, the one thing I, I got into a, a friend's car the other day, a friend of mine who was, he had somebody else's sports car. And uh, it was automatic. And I was like, this is disgraceful that you're, that this Porsche, Porsche is automatic. I'm like, what, like, why even buy, like just fucking, you know, just buy a goddamn Ford Taurus. Like yeah. the, the idea that you have this car and it's, and it's not stick is, is gross. Um, so, you know, especially when you want to drive a performance vehicle the way you want to drive it and, you know, downshift instead of braking and all that <laughs> stuff. But. You sound like my dad. That's what he always says. Yeah. But look, the thing is also, if I go to get a rental car, uh, you know, in a city and I'm going to be in a Hyundai Elantra regardless, like, unless it's cheaper, yeah, just give me the automatic, you know? Yeah. But I, I, do, I do really enjoy driving stick, um, but it, it depends on the vehicle. How... Uh... Speaking of cars, how's my little Corolla hatchback treating you? It's great. See, that, that's a car that I'd actually love to be stick, a little like. You know you, know you can do the paddles. You know you can yeah. do manual on that car. Yeah. Paddle. It's not the same. I know. But, but it is, it, you know, whenever I, I actually have it, because it kind of has the feel of like one of those cars that would have been stick back in the day, like a little, like I feel like your car could be really easily converted into like a Fast and the Furious type machine. Oh yeah, like a Volkswagen Golf or something. Yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of how my car. Yeah. Is. It, it, it's doing great. It's doing. It's hanging in there. Good, good. I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you to get get you a car wash. Look at you. Yeah. I, I, bet, mean, I, I haven't done it yet, but it's like. I bet it's I, gross, and I bet the inside's gross. I mean, it's. Uh, I think you 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 probably were getting close to get needing a car wash anyway, but I, I figured was. That, that I've got it. Uh, I'll just take, I'll, I might even take it to my guys over there at the church and see if they're open. I appreciate take, that. Take, the, the, take that. hand wash. There was a concerned dirt ball about the car battery dying. And I was like, nope, Prano's taking care of her. Yeah, I got it. Perfect. Well, uh, Prano, I, I, we talked, we talked about it. I think I might go to uh, Tahoe in a couple of weeks, but then I'll hit up our boy CT and, and you'll put your, I'll put your clean car in your spot. And then, uh, Ooh, you might go to Tahoe. Are you perusing uh, bungalows for me and you and the, uh, the dirty sports compound. 
I've, I've got a lot of things on the to-do list, but first and foremost is uh, obviously I want to get out there and, and hit some golf balls around and go see my buddy Ian at his pub McDuff's because uh, I, I could use, I could use a, a drink in a bar. How, uh, how long do you think you'll be there? Oh, I don't know. A couple of days. I might, I might shoot up to uh, San Francisco, pick up my boy, Tony, and then, uh, and then go to uh, Tahoe. Which reminds me, Tony really wants me. You know, you know Calabrese. Of course. He really wants me to pitch this thing again that I've been sharing with people. So our friend, you'll like this. Uh, there, there's a group of us from high school that all kind of stay in touch. And, and a bunch of them did a Zoom call the other day. And I wasn't on it. Um, but one of our friends, uh, Jim, from high school, somehow he, like, talked himself into one of these corners. You know what you do? You, like, you say you'll do something, and then your friends take you up on it? Yeah. Basically, he said, if people if, – if, if we put together a GoFundMe for him and we got enough loot in it, he would get <laughs> – he would get laser hair removal on his ass and then get his asshole bleached. What? Yeah, this is a forty-year-old hairy, like like us, hairy. Like his chest hair actually might rival both of ours. A fully bearded man who said, "If we get a GoFundMe going, that he will get full laser hair. So like forever hair removal. So can they even laser hair an ass? Yeah. So they'll turn. So his hair will be bare. This hairy man will have a bare ass forever, and then he'll get his asshole bleached." Why would he bleach the ass if he had the hair removed? I, I guess the ass, I guess the, the bleaching of your asshole itself is like a totally different thing. I didn't know this. Yeah. So. You know how many times he'd have to go, Prano? Because if you have a hair removal, because like, you know, I've dated a few girls who've had it, the laser hair removal on their pubes. Yeah. Even on just that area, they have to go a bunch of times to have it removed. Like, Dude, if he's a hairy dude and he's got a hairy ass, he'd have to go and have that laser. Did he have to go like 15 times? 15, you think? Like, dude, yeah, like 10 to 15 times. And, and that's the thing is like he was And like, it's painful. And, and that was the thing. He was saying it's more expensive than you would think because like each round of laser hair removal is like 200 bucks or something like that. Yeah, he'd have to go like at least 10 times. And then, I mean, I found some like, I, f I found some like uh, Groupons, whatever. He's in like Colorado. And then apparently asshole bleaching is like not easy either. <laughs> so if you guys go to GoFundMe, I I'm going to have to, I'm going to tweet this at Dirty Sports. But if you guys go to GoFundMe, the, uh, the page, like the name of the, the campaign is called Why Not, W-H-Y-K-N-O-T, like balloon knot, why not? And uh it says, our friend Jim needs the hair on his asshole lasered off and his asshole bleached. <laughs> if we hit our goal, he will go through with this ridiculous procedure. And, I mean, I know that a lot of dirt balls, and I appreciate it, like I've said, have sent me. Next time you guys think about sending me some money for on Venmo for beers, take $1 out of that and go put it to the Why Not campaign. I'm going to tweet it at Dirty Sports today. From me to Dirty Sports today. I, I gotta get. I gotta see this bearish man get his. I mean, ass. you gotta love it. People are raising Absolutely. money for charities, and we're like, dude, we didn't want to see this guy's bare ass. But I'm I'm on the fence as to like whether or not like he just wants this done. 
You know what I mean? Or if he just like talked himself into a corner. But either way, I think it's hilarious. What if there was, it, it, what's his relationship status? He's married. What if deep down his wife was like, yo, dude, I'll eat your ass if you get that shit waxed. <laughs> if you get laser hair removal. Like if you get your butthole bleached, I will tongue that bunghole. Yeah. What if there's that? All I can think of anytime I hear the bleached asshole is the Kanye line about getting bleach on his t-shirt. Yeah, but you just, like, now I want to research this. I didn't know, like, if you had no hair, I I didn't think you had to get a bleached asshole. Like, This isn't isn't bleaching your hair. This is bleaching the actual butthole. So it's not pink? Yes, so it's like a white bleaching I don't want that. I want a pink butthole. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's people people that have brown buttholes, you know? God, I have so many questions. The chocolate starfish. He wants wants a vanilla starfish. So weird, dude. So weird. I know. And I kind of want to make, I've already donated, I've already donated five bucks. I think that we just got the ball rolling. I think it's at $22 of 2000. Andy, Andy, can I count you in for $5? You can count me in for $5. Yes. Unbelievable. Well, guys, that's the show. We're going to end on a uh, laser hair removal of the ass hair and uh, bleach butthole. You can follow us at The Dirty Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to us. Rate, review. I haven't pushed that forever because I haven't been home to send out koozies. But if you have left a review, I will send you koozies if I ever leave the chili mecca of cincinnati yes joe where can they follow you on tiktok uh follow me on instagram at joe prana i've uh i've got i've got nikki d working on some uh stand-up that's gonna i'm, I'm gonna put out a little bit of stand-up for you guys since we're stuck and i may never do actual stand-up comedy again may as well share some of the old stuff with you guys so nick's been cutting some clips so follow me at joe prano on instagram Follow me at Joe Prano on Venmo. Uh, I appreciate all you guys. I love, again, I say it every episode now, but every time I get a little note and there's like clinking beer glasses or the beer stein or Miller time or whatever, like uh, I've, I, I've gotten a couple, my, my favorite ones too have been guys have been doing sports ones. I think CT sent me Andre Miller time. Uh, I've gotten a couple Von Miller times. Uh, so, uh, at Joe Prane on Venmo, but all I ask is, is this week, if you, if you guys send me any beer donations, take 10% out of whatever you were going to send me and put it to the, the bleached asshole campaign. Unreal. All right, guys, that's the show. Dirtballs have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay merry, but most importantly, (laughs) stay dirty.